everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Bitch Breathe. I am your host, Ricardia. Today, we're going to talk about one of those big words. I think they're one of those big words, failure. And today's episode, as you've seen, is called The Magic of Failure. So I guess you can already see where the journey is going a little bit. But I always like to look into a little bit of the how the journey is going. So for me personally, I recently took on a very promising project, right? I work freelance and I had come across this opportunity that I had worked towards for a little while and I couldn't believe my luck. It looked so abundant in terms of, you know, finances and creatively speaking and just the whole idea of working in this kind of setting just seemed really, really exciting. When I got to this new job, this new project, I started to realize that maybe it wasn't quite what I expected. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. I had very firmly placed myself in a environment that totally, totally wasn't up my alley. There was a lot of elbowing, nothing wrong with ambition, but a lot of ambition on account of other people. There was a way of communicating that I had not seen since when I last worked in film. And even there, that looked like a perfect charity compared to where I had now landed. So I started to think, well, what am I going to do here? There has to be a way to sort of, and here comes the yogi, raise the consciousness here, raise the bar of how we communicate with each other and find ways to maybe change where I am for the better. I like that I'm still this idealistic at this age and stage of the game. And I thought, let me run with that for a while. So after a while of, you know, not rising to the bait of all the things that were happening, there was a lot of aggression in my environment. I was being insulted and attacked personally, as well as professionally on a daily basis, several times a day. And this was so new to me, having come from the spiritual and sort of coaching and altogether transformative people working on themselves kind of background that I was like, what the hell just happened here? How did I land back here? So then I was like, oh, let me get some business advice. I spoke to some of my friends. What should I do here? I'm in a really sort of strange situation that really resembles a mobbing, but a lot more aggressive and a lot more targeted. I read my tarot cards. I got spiritual advice. I asked mom and nothing. There was nothing I could do. I could not change the situation around. And the attacks were getting so much worse that every weekend, Sunday night rolls around and I am dreading going back to this place. I'm like, oh my God, how wrong was this decision? And how am I not able to turn this around? Like, what is wrong with me that first of all, this is showing up in my life? And secondly, that I can't flip the script in some way. So no matter what I did, I was like, no, I'm going to give myself 100 days, at least 100 days, get this. That's how challenging this was, that 100 days seemed like a good period to start with. By day 77, and yes, I counted, I realized there's no way. I got one more email, this one not even so bad, but I thought, no, this is it. I cannot, I will not, I refuse to stay here. So I gave up the project. I left 
And with that departure, there came first relief, yes, of not having to be at the center of all this egomaniacal and crazy behavior. But what very soon came in as a secondary perception was the idea of failure. I had failed at this new project. I didn't manage to turn it around. I didn't manage to defend myself the way I should have. And I didn't manage to to stay here. And that really, beyond having hurt my feelings over and over again, which I can sort of deal with, it really hurt my professional pride. And to be honest, after all these years of yoga and breathing and self-transformation and doing all the inner work, I had not managed to come out of this with grace. I was, for the first time in a very long time, talking really badly about another person for a sustained period of time. I believe the word bitch was not used in the positively connoted way that I hope you understand my whole title here of Bitch Breathe. I actually used it the way it used to be used or is still used outside a certain community. So... First of all, I want to talk about semantics a little bit, this whole idea of failure. I get especially annoyed when people talk about failed marriages, failed parenthood, or they failed in some sort of a way. Now, there are ways to fail parenthood. (laughs) I think I can sign up for that one right away in some ways. But this whole idea of failing something really irks me because maybe something just drew to a close. Maybe something was over. Like in terms of my marriages, I have to say I didn't fail them or we didn't fail the marriage. We might have failed each other. We might have not shown up for each other the way we should have, but the marriages didn't fail. They had come to a natural close. And translating that idea to this job was not working so well for me for the time being because I felt I had failed not so much at the job because I never properly got to do it with all the distraction. Anyway, first I thought I had failed this and I don't always think we should use that word. So what makes failure this big, I want to say illusion sometimes, but what certainly makes it a big deal is Failure is only fundamental in what it will do for you. It does not mean that you are a failure. So just to elaborate on that point a little bit, sometimes when we fail, we become very fundamental about it. Like suddenly everything about us is a failure and we start to tell ourselves all those stories of failure that we have experienced in the past. So now suddenly I haven't just failed maybe at this particular confrontation with a person or I haven't failed in this job situation. No, generally speaking, I'm a failure because I've quit so many things. I've stopped where I shouldn't have prematurely or whatever it is. But suddenly we have officially identified with this idea of failure. And so the first thing I began to do when this whole job situation arose, was to not go into the self-defeating talk of, you know, you're a failure. How could this be happening? You should have known yourself better. You should have anticipated that this business was not going to be your kind of business. You shoulda, woulda, coulda done all these things to avoid this situation, to have to shortcut, if you will, a new opportunity. But the truth is, most people 
whom I speak to at this age, they've tried a lot of things. And what does that mean? That means you've tried a lot of things. You didn't just stay in some stupid ass dead end job or stayed because of security because that's a big thing right now. Everyone can understand that to stay in a job for years because you're so scared you won't have that kind of financial stability again, maybe. Maybe it has something to do with health insurance. Whatever it is, failure can be leaving too early in our own heads. And failure can be leaving too late. So it's just sort of disentangle this idea from having shortened a project, having left a marriage versus failing at these things. And what I meant by it's only fundamental in terms of what it will do for you is that failure has often been the making of something new for me and essentially a new making of me. And that is where failure is fundamental. That is where failure is, to a certain degree, going to become a new identifying moment about us. But failure is not us because we failed. To just sort of look at that difference and to really make it a point to separate what has happened and looking at the several steps that got you here versus, well, I messed it up again. I'm a total failure. This is what I always do. And another thing about failure, and I think this is something we want to look at maybe even before we look at the whole idea of failure, is the injustice. What if it wasn't my fault? What if I had to leave somewhere because somebody made it impossible, whether it's a partner or a coworker or a certain situation in a store where you want to return something and they're just not doing it, whatever it is, right? The injustice of it can often make us stay in a situation that clearly we should be, you know, abort mission right now, but we stay because this is unfair. And that was one of the things I had in this job is I was like, dude, this is so not right. I didn't even do anything yet. If I'm going to be attacked, I want to have properly messed you up before. (laughs) I want to be able to be sure that I caused this situation in a traceable or traceable way for me so that when I go forward, I can understand how I caused this, why this was my responsibility, and most importantly, how to fix it. And then there's, of course, the other side of that. What if this was my fault? You know, if you want to go back to that whole idea of self-loathing, just go ahead and hop onto my last episode, which is all about self-loathing. I don't know if you recognize the theme in my podcast episodes, you're probably right. So this whole idea of that it was my fault, I did mess up and boy, did I mess up at this job. I should have stood up for myself way sooner. I should have probably left even earlier than those 77 days, which by the way, I'm just reminding myself now, I actually stayed the 100 days after having already announced that I would leave. So yay me, (laughs) looking at the small successes here. So identifying, okay, what was my responsibility? We like to talk about fault an awful lot. I know I sometimes do. But really, it's just sort of looking at our contributions of how this could have been made less painful, which mistakes maybe or things that didn't serve us, we can avoid going forward. And having that kind of close interest in what happened here without getting all morbid on, oh my God, it's all my fault. Another thing that arises when an event, a life phase, doesn't go the way it was supposed to, the way we had anticipated, 
is when we try to tell ourselves, oh, it was meant to be. Sometimes that doesn't ring true for us though, right? What does that even mean it wasn't meant to be? And the truth is, is that it's true. It wasn't meant to be, but maybe not for all those reasons that are like very sort of pseudo-spiritual, that feel a little bit like we're spiritually bypassing an important lesson, or we don't want to feel something that's really kind of awkward and maybe a little bit attached to shame and just altogether uncomfortable. But it wasn't meant to be because something else is going to arise from this. And what do I mean by that? I mean that if this failure doesn't happen, other transformative aspects of us won't have the opportunity and the space to come into our lives. And on that level, it damn well is meant to be. Because what I can say truly is that failure ultimately, and here's where the title of this episode comes in, was a very magical thing for me. I have seen myself change so drastically because of something I apparently failed, right? This was the making of me. And this is the making of us, how we fail, if we want to use that word, how we fall flat on our faces. And then more interestingly, how we get back up, whether it looks graceful, whether it looks knowing, whether it has this connotation of right, that it was right, it doesn't matter. But the truth is what does matter is that we got back up again and that we understood what happened here. And that might take some time, that might not be something that immediately comes to us, but it is an important step on the way back up and on the way of understanding what is going on in our lives and what themes maybe be playing themselves out over and over. And another important aspect of failure is, of course, its so-called opposite, if we want to go down that road, is success. But the truth is, success is nice. I want success. I think we can all subscribe to that notion that we want to feel and be successful in every area of our life, truly. If we have that opportunity, who's going to say no to success in all their endeavors, whether it's parenthood, a job, a marriage, whatever it is, traveling across the globe. But success is not as transformative, on a deeper level at least, as is failure. Success won't transform us the way failure will. Now, I don't want to fail all day, every day, and God knows I don't need to be learning all the big lessons all the time. That said, I kind of do need to learn some lessons throughout so that I can feel I'm evolving, not so much linear progression or traceable steps and sequence of events that all fit perfectly together. No, but finding a life and an evolution that looks truly transformative, that does make me a different human from maybe who I was yesterday, last year, several decades ago. And just understanding that when we are successful, it's great, but it will maybe make our transformation and our personal evolution go a little dormant here and there. So I can't say I've been in the privileged situation that I had so much success all the time that I was no longer transforming. So maybe that's why I'm like, it's probably not that great. (laughs) But I do believe, and this is conjecture, lastly, that we can transform amazingly through failure. And why do I say that? And there's a few points I want to make around that. One is that failure brings us closer to life. When we are 
looking at our lives and we feel like, oh my God, everything is falling apart. Nothing is working out the way I anticipated, the way I had dreamed of, and the way I maybe planned for. But when we fail and we become this raw and this lesson seems so hard to stomach, we are more sensitized to our surroundings and we pick up on stuff we normally wouldn't. And what does that mean in a practical sense? It means that we will pick up on opportunities and on people and on signals in a way that makes us almost seismographic in how it plays out. We will begin to realize, wait a second, I I need to give this person a second look. Or we're so desperate, if you will, in a failed situation that we are open to new signals because what we've been doing is not working. So we're automatically looking for alternate routes. And that is where the magic lies in this now slight shift of our lens or maybe drastic shift of our lens. Good for us. That is where a nuanced and new way of looking at things can arise. And you really will shift your reality in a way that you otherwise couldn't have. Why? Because you're not as raw normally. When we've failed at something and we're really disappointed in this situation, in ourselves even worse, it will make us more perceptive and more impressionable. Yes, maybe for negative influences too. And God knows I've made the occasional bad choice because I felt my situation was so desperate or whatever. But even that bad choice, what looked like a bad choice at the time, also changed me in a way that became a very positive force going forward. And so lastly, and I think this is one of the most important things, when I left this job, When I felt I no longer had any other solution, it brought me back to one of the most important services we can provide for each other, and that is empathy. As a direct result of failure, you will find empathy and humility. And these are two so important qualities, especially when you think about the fact that they are hugely lacking, not just in this world, but in the leader's of this world. So to understand that failure, like we said before, is not just the remaking of us, but it's a resensitizing us of what is going on around us and what kind of, I'm going to say it in a very sort of religious sounding way, crosses people have to bear in life, that we, when we do step into leadership, when we do step into community, we'll put those qualities forward. And I think that's probably one of the most important things we can learn from failure. Everybody does it. Everybody's been through it. And so not only is there no shame, need there be no shame attached to it, it's also not the kind of failure we think of. It's a kind of reshaping and renegotiating how we interact with each other. So I'm very curious to hear about what you have been experiencing in terms of failure, whether you connoted it in that way. And if you'd like to drop me a line, please do so. My email address is bitchbreathe at gmail.com. But the bitch is a one where there should be an I because Google doesn't allow for such vulgar email addresses. I hope to hear from you. Please feel free to rate and comment on the show if you like. And till next time, sending love. Sending love.